welcome to a special edition of Breaking Badness. In this episode for our Summer Camp 2019 miniseries, we're joined by Gabriel Gums, Chief Innovation Officer at Spirion. We sat down to reflect on the cybersecurity industry, discuss DNS exfiltration, and 2020 predictions. This special episode of Breaking Badness is next. All right. So, Gabriel Gums, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's a pleasure to be able to sit down and chat with you. Pleasure is mine. Thanks for having me. And wearing the best shirt I've seen at the conference, dare I say. Ah, I appreciate it. A little floral <laughs> print action. It needs to come back and stay back. I would agree with yeah, that. I think it is back. It, it just is. needed to stay now. I think that's what I've learned from Black Hat this year is yeah. floral is back in. Nice. That's my takeaway. If hackers are wearing floral, the world is almost a better place. I think you might be right. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's the truth. We could really mess with some bad stock photography oh, if we accepted that. Like, yes. Imagine Can we do that? Floral. We can do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, then you'd have to give up all of those black hoodies that everyone has on their websites. Yeah. Unless, of course, you have one on yours, in which case. We like to make bad. fun of them. We yeah, actually have a blog uh, taking stock of cybersecurity stock photography. God, it's the worst. And then we just made fun of stock photography. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. I would get in on that. Yeah. It's we'll really bad it stuff. It is. It's oh. hard to find good cyber stock photography. Yeah. I wonder why that is. All right. Yeah. We'll solve that anyway, problem another yes. time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is a good thing to note. We'll come yes. back to that. But so, you know, there's so many things we can talk about at the show that are negative, but I love starting on a positive note and talking about over the past year where you've seen the greatest improvement in the industry. Ooh, greatest improvement. Oh, I wasn't expecting that question. Uh, yeah, because I usually get the what's wrong in the world question, <laughs> of which I, I can opine on quite deeply. So um, I'll start on kind of a, a more of a social cultural. And I, I think the industry as a whole, I certainly am witnessing, at least maybe within my own bubble, if you would, you know, my own little Twitter bubble, certainly a a far more welcoming community than every year I feel it gets a bit more welcoming. That's not to say it's unwelcoming at the moment, but it certainly gets far more welcoming, I think, every year that passes to the juniors that are just entering the industry, to, you know, some of the folks that are underrepresented in the industry, all of those things, minorities, women, you name it. I see a lot more of that overall in the industry. Um, On the technology side of things, do I see anything getting better? Mm. You know what? I'm going to say yes for this reason. I, I don't see a new glut of, oh, my God, here's your biggest problem. You have to go buy all of these new things, right? Mm. So that's so that's kind of refreshing. We're still solving some of the old problems. For example, although some might think that that's not a good thing, um, the winner of the RSA Sandbox this year was an asset management solution. I'm not going to plug them because, yeah, whatever. But, right, you can go look it up if you're interested. But nonetheless, like the, the most innovative solution that, uh, you know, according to, to those experts, and, I'm inclined to agree agree with that panel, in, in fact, was an asset management solution, right? It's yeah. it's a problem that we still need to solve for. And uh, and while I certainly believe in all the benefits of AI and ML, hell, you know, we, we have, uh, we've got a data science team ourselves working on solving some really interesting cybersecurity problems. But still tackling those basic ones is, uh, is something that I do see the industry from the technology side getting better at. So I dig that. Yeah, it's, it's refreshing to see that that can be of interest beyond the new shiny flashy 
So, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, there's so many foundational and fundamental issues. Fishing is a great example, right? right. Social engineering that have been around for so long, but they still work. So right. they're still in use. So we're still always combating that. It's a huge vector, obviously, for Maui, ransomware, all Indeed. the wares. All the wares. <laughs> <laughs> so I couldn't agree more. That's a great point. Yeah. And uh, the diversity bit as well. Also yeah. very happy to hear that. And like you mentioned, glad that we're seeing that on a positive trajectory and Hope that we have the same conversation next year. We're yeah. still improving because we still have lots of hope so. Lots of ways to go. I'm optimistic about it. Yeah, yeah, it's looking good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I tend to be, so that's okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> well, um, on the, on the flip side of that, though, what's the number one thing I guess that's top of mind for room for improvement? If we're meeting again next year, what do you hope to see improve? So. I'll answer that question on a positive note still, if you would, because I think it, there's an opportunity here for us to get better. Overall, exfiltration, I think, is an area where we can still improve and that I believe a lot of the solutions are out there already to, to, uh, to apply to the problem. And what I'm talking about explicitly is, like, you know, a lot of people talk about, yeah, we can detect exfiltration and that. And, and a lot of times what they're, what they're looking at is just the activity of that last mile of data leaving an environment. Yeah. Um, but there's a step right before that. There's all of the staging activity that happens before anything even gets exfiltrated. And I feel like that's a pretty large gap in InfoSec right now. There's, we can detect the attacks. We can do all the things like if, if I look at the, the kill chain, for example, like mm -hmm. I can... I can see where we've gotten better at a lot of those things. And then we, we just seem to jump right over the data being staged for activity, right. for exfiltration, and just get right to the exfiltration. And, uh, and that is definitely a place where I think we have an opportunity to get better at on the whole. It is... It is not impossible to solve. I feel like trying to solve the overall, just the exfiltration at the last mile is impossible because there's no shortage of creative ways that information can be exfiltrated out. DNS is, for example, right, one right. of the most widely used ways for exfiltration, at yeah. least certainly the one that, um, that I think we are probably really good at detecting the best. So maybe I'll, maybe I'll hedge that statement with, you know, it's one of the best ones because we're really stuck in a lot of the other ones. <laughs> But the thing that happens right before it gets exfiltrated, before I start sending those things, you know, through mm -hmm. specially crafted DNS packets, I have to, I have to stage all that information yeah. for exfiltration in the first place. So There's an opportunity the there for us to get better at that, for sure. Yeah, that's yeah. a fantastic point. Yeah. All right. I see you. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm out here. I'm solving problems. That's right. Yes, Creating some too, though. But <laughs> <laughs> That's all part of the process. It is part of the process. <laughs> that's right. So um, on, on the sense, too, or in the, in the same vein, I guess, of improving as an industry, a great place to start with that is with ourselves. And so I'm curious if you have any pet projects or personal development, professional development, I should say, that you're working towards in the next year for you. Personal development? Oh, man. I am, I, I am you know, it's nothing work-related, but, but I'm really working more towards just kind of getting back into uh I, I started doing triathlons probably eight years ago oh, wow. and i took a little bit of a break over the last year so i'm i'm getting back on the bike getting back uh pounding the pavement and, and i need to get back in the water finally so uh, on a personal front that's it on a professional front it's actually everything that we just talked about um i have been doing a lot of research into that 
area of how we can. Um, and not even for the purpose of building product, because again, I think there's a lot of solutions already. Um, if I look at all of the different technologies that can create you know, zones of trust and, and all of those other types of things, there's lots of different ways that we can solve for that problem. But I've been, I've been on a, a pretty deep research project, if you would, to understand more of those, those you know, staging activities to see if there's more we can do about it. So yeah, yeah that, that's, that's the personal development for it. And that's just kind of a side thing um, that I've been working on. So that's yeah. awesome. And triathlons too. That's impressive. Uh, yeah, they, they can be tough. Um, You've survived triathlons. I have. I survived swimming in the Hudson River. That was the very first oh one I ever did gosh. was the New York City try. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I've been on a, a break from triathlons for about 28 years. Huh. Yeah. How's that working out for you? <laughs> Great. I'm still alive. Yeah, well, there, there's, there's a direct correlation between the two is what you're <laughs> suggesting? <laughs> For me, yes. Yes. <laughs> then you keep that 100%. up. 100%. Thank you. I think I will. Excellent. We had somebody stand up in a company meeting recently, and they were talking about how great it feels to pass people in the final mile. And I was like, yeah, I know how that feels. <laughs> I do know that feel, though, that kick yeah. at the end, man. Part of that is just, all right, I can see the, the, the end of this, and I need to get there now. <laughs> I'm running out of I need time. To, yeah, I need to get there right now. I talk the, myself out. Right. Of it. The, the other benefit is most of the most of the larger tries too will have uh, massage stations at the end of them. It's like oh, oh I'd run for a massage. Yes, world class massage. Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Okay, I respect that. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, some of the best I've ever had. Granted, sure. that you know. Anything feels really good after you've been beating your body up for four hours. So, That's yeah, true. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty I'll good. Yeah, accept that. Yeah. <laughs> well, another fun question I like to ask is, what is what is the worst security metaphor you've seen recently or in the last year or whatever that might look like? The worst security metaphor? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Like single pane of glass or, hmm, or just it can be anything. Like people like to say, let's take this offline. <laughs> just that kind of stuff that just I mean, gets at you. Unfortunately, I say some of those things. <laughs> we all so, do. So yeah, I am guilty. <laughs> I'm very guilty of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we're gonna sink later. I'll ping you. All that, all that fun nonsense. Um, I'm not sure what the answer to that question is. I feel like the industry certainly gotten. Uh, it's gotten a lot better about how it talks about ML and AI. There was a period of time where it was just cringeworthy to to see some of those metaphors oh maybe maybe that is one right it's like uh i saw something today too it was like i'm gonna i'm gonna completely butcher this but it was like uh you know human something at machine scale or speed i'm like eh, really because the human brain is kind of working a lot faster than any machine can already so i don't i just don't like that metaphor Mm, for that primary reason it's like if we could build any computer that had a fraction of the processing power of the human brain yeah, we'd be, we'd we'd be, be billionaires. Yeah, yes. yeah, for sure. <laughs> so when so when you tell me that your product, like you know, thinks like a human, but like at machine scale, I I don't know what that means. Right. I I just don't know what that means. Yeah. So if you're out there, change it. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note too, I think that's a great segue into this whole conversation about the skills gap. And I know automation, machine learning, et cetera, have been talked about. But what? And we talk a lot too about technical prowesses that are needed to then support all these new products and tools, et cetera. So what's a conversation you think we should be having, but isn't on the forefront of the skills gap conversation? We need to start being honest that InfoSec has certainly gotten to the point where there is a need for entry level, unskilled security labor, right? Yeah. Think about 
the way IT was 20, 30 years ago, the same folks that were responsible for the high-skill IT labor, you know, configuring servers and doing all things, were also the ones racking and stacking everything as well. Mm-hmm. There's certainly, and in my opinion, there's not as huge a skills gap as we think there is. I think there's that gap. There's this unacceptance of unskilled labor in the IT sector. Like we we like to believe we're some really brilliant esoteric group of folks and no one else can 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 master our craft kind of thing. But there's a lot of activities that happens within within the, the InfoSec world that you don't you don't need to be, you know, some cybersecurity, you know, ninja to, to be able to solve for. So right. That's 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 certainly my take on it. I know it's a bit yeah. of a hot take, but I'm sticking with it because I think it's true. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, we can yeah. simplify some of the information that we push down and through a lot of these systems. You know, yeah. this, it, we see some of that in the SOC world, right? You know, we, we've got SOC analysts at different levels and you have some ops analysts at different levels. But I think there's room below that still. I think I think there's still a lot of room below that. So. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. that's a great point. And. I, I, I'm hearing that from more, you know more people than I would expect, which is which is good because we need also diverse backgrounds again with yeah, different mindsets, right. and different ways to solve problems. That's going to provide a lot of value too, just right. in that sense. So, yeah. okay, well, um, another trends question I have for you is just any kind of 2020 predictions that you may have. 2020 predictions. Um, I'm going to use the cloud is going to plague us further. For this primary reason, in my opinion, and we saw these things recently with some of the breaches. There were several breaches this this year, and many of them cloud-related. Um, the problem has multiplied. You have, like, I, I get a little frustrated when people say, oh, the cloud's just other people's computers. Well, it's not. It really isn't, right? Um, you have platforms now. You have applications. You have, you know, you you have infrastructure. You have code. Yeah. Like Lambda that's accessing data. All the serverless fun. Right. All the serverless fun. The yeah. cloud is not just other people's machines. And if we keep thinking about it that way, then we're going to keep feeling the pains of under securing those environments. We're going to have more S3 buckets that are exposed. You name it. All of the shenanigans that go along with that. And you wait until we see the very first wormable bit of serverless code. Mm. Heard it here first, folks. 2020. (laughs) Serverless worm code. There it is. There it is. I'm sorry I did that to us, by the way. No, I'm so glad you did. Because <laughs> now that I said it, it's, hap- it's going to happen. It's but it, the truth is, it's, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to it's happen. It's a matter of time. It's a matter yeah. of time. Yeah. yeah. So my final question for you again, want to end on a positive note just as we started. Um, and John Oltzik, who's actually right over, we can see John Oltzik from where we're talking. Um, good old John. Um, said this, and, and I'd, I hadn't heard it this way before, but I love it, but it, sort of, who are your, your beacons in the security space? Who are the people you look up to and that continue to drive you and your passion yeah. and just look up to? Great question. Great question. Um, I was on, I'm sure some of your audience may, may, may be familiar. I was on Paul Astorian's show yesterday. Yeah. Security love Week. Paul. Yeah. Love Paul. Absolutely. And we were having a similar conversation about, um, you know, mentorship and, and things of that nature in the industry. And I genuinely am a large fan and I look up to the juniors in the industry. I learn so much from the people that are trying to learn and the people who today spend a lot more time kind of banging away at things that I used to, you know, 15, 20 years ago. And, and now that I'm a little more grown up, whatever you want to call that, I don't get to spend as much time sometimes in a lot of the tactical things. And they spend a lot of their time doing that. I really look up to them that they still have that passion, that they, they're entering this with that passion. They still yeah. have it, but that they have that passion. And, you know, I'll get a question sometimes, and I'm like, you know, I don't know the answer, but let's go figure that out. 
I certainly look up to those people. Those those people are going to continue to push us and make us better. They certainly push me and make me better. And I learn from them every single day. So I look down and look up if that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I I really appreciate that sense of humility because anybody that tells you that they know anything and everything about security. Yeah. That doesn't pass the, that doesn't <laughs> pass the smell test at all. Yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Just continue to learn from each other and build community in that that's sense, right. which is great. Yeah, so for sure. I love that answer. Yeah, righteous. And love Paul Asadoran. Yeah, Paul's, Paul's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gabriel, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so glad we got to sit down and talk. The pleasure was mine. Thanks for having me, and I appreciate the challenge coin. Anytime. <laughs> and the socks. Don't forget the socks. Oh, yes. All right. Thanks again. Thank you. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter at DomainTools. All of the articles mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at blog.domaintools.com. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's it for this week. We'll see you again next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>